what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these dolls. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. Oh no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being produced for film and television. From next year's Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, to television fare like The Flash, Arrow, and Gotham. To be clear, this is a spoiler-filled show. If you want to remain unspoiled, don't be listening to this, y'all. All right, kids, we're going to have a, a fun little retrospective on the first season of Gotham tonight. I'm David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason. Hello. All right, so some news came down the pike earlier this week that Arrow had really big plans for Harley Quinn, but word came down from WB that because Harley Quinn was going to be in Suicide Squad that they couldn't use her. The other big character that they said that they couldn't use was Deadshot, which is why they've killed him off in Arrow. Right. There was one more name in there, though. Originally, the EPs wanted to use Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, instead of Ray Palmer. And WB told them, no, you can't use Blue Beetle, but you can use the, the Atom because we're not going we're not going to touch him. How do you like that? I, I really loved it. We were we were just daydreaming um, somewhere last week and kind of kind of had the same idea. Like, how cool would it be if you came back in season four and it was Ted Cord? Mm-hmm. Um, he does. He fits the format of that show extremely well. I mean, he's he's just he's just a guy that has some money and, uh, you know, Passion for justice. Well, good for him. Plus, yeah. it, that was one of the cool aspects of the whole thing was, um, I don't know that I've ever seen a live Blue Beetle. If it's I out know there, I haven't. Now, it, if it's out there, I don't know about it. So if they're going to, if they're planning on doing like a Booster Gold Blue Beetle situation, I'm, I'm head over heels, but just don't darken that shit up. I mean, those guys are straight camp. They really That's are. That's all I have to say about I mean, um, you know, those guys on Brave and the Bold, for instance, uh, just nailed it. Yeah, and they would be... Just if you if you ask me right now, what could you pitch that's like the Flash? I would tell you, do Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. It'll make no damn sense mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's going to take some adjustment, but people will love you for it. <laughs> and you know, the thing is, I'm confused though. Why would Jeff Johns and I assume he's at least one of the people that that was aware that that property was being used? Right. What's what pocket is that in? Where are you hiding the Blue Beetle card? I don't, I don't know. Apparently, there are a lot of little projects going on over at Warner Brothers that we're not privy to and they're not talking about. And after they hear um, this podcast, we absolutely will not be privy to. Right. Uh, Tyler James Williams, one of the stars of The Walking Dead and Everybody Hates Chris, confirmed that Jaden Smith is going to be playing Static Shock. He didn't say if it was a TV show. He didn't say if it was a movie. He said it very nonchalantly as if it was common knowledge. Right. Because anyone doing a live adaptation of Static Shock, yeah, that that shouldn't be swept under any rug ever. It really shouldn't. I I don't know what to do with that. That makes about as much sense as when you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a Harley Quinn over here. Anyway, moving on. Right. (laughs) What do you do with that? And they they had the deleted scene available somewhere, and I watched that, and sure enough, it's exactly what you hope it is. It's it's Deadshot mm. telling Diggle 
because he he's just scrambling for keys and breaking out as many people as he can. And sure enough, Deadshot stops him before he goes to that door and says, "Whoa, whoa, not her, not her. Just trust yeah. me." I, even even Deadshot has no use for that kind of crazy. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen where they were going to go with it, though. I, I, I really would. What would you do with watching Diggle and Harley Quinn on screen together? It it would be a sight. It really would. I'd be it because as as much as he plays a very straight laced guy, to have her just bouncing around the screen, it would. It would look like the ringmaster standing there next to one of the you know meth head clowns. Yeah, she calls Diggle chocolate pudding. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> that was good. So uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as he's known, always delightful. is very confident, seemingly. Very confident, seemingly, that Black Adam will be released earlier than 2019. I, I think that so, just goes with the natural confidence, if you are Dwayne Johnson, that everyone wants to see you as soon as possible. I, I think <laughs> that's just part of daily life if you're The Rock. You just assume that everyone out there is just yeah. bated breath for your next appearance. I mean, I, you would kind of have to have that sort of mentality to to keep up that persona. You would. And the thing is, I would like to call him out on it. But I completely agree. I, I cannot wait to see him do Black Adam. He's going to nail it. He is going to nail it like nothing's ever been nailed before, sir. The, I, 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 I hope you're right. Hopping over to Arrow News. Or back to Arrow News? Uh, yeah, back to Arrow News. Uh, Ryla Fukushima says that he may be back as Maceo, uh, despite being killed in the last episode or whatever it was penultimate episode apparently showrunner Gu- uh, mark guggenheim told him don't make any plans i guess we should we should plan to see that cat i told you they're gonna overuse that lazarus bit <laughs> he doesn't have a and he, he doesn't have an equivalent that i'm aware of so if they're gonna do it do it and you know have some fun with it but i like sure. death to mean something it has to and he died you know as lonesome dove once put it he died good that mm. was a perfectly good death scene let it be now I'm sure that anyone who's listening to us has probably been keeping up with the Suicide Squad news. They have been leaking photos and videos galore, mostly of the Batmobile chasing the, I guess, the Joker mobile. This thing looks, I mean, the Batmobile looks pretty amazing. The Joker mobile, I'm not so hot on. I, I kind of don't know what to do with it. They have, uh, they, they showed the little rims for the Joker and for the Batmobile. The Batmobile has a little Batman symbol in it. And the Joker mobile has a little clown head in it. And it kind of feels a little brave and the boldish. I'm not sure I, I dig that. What do you think? If you're going to get a little brave and the boldy, Suicide Squad might be the time to do it. Yeah. It does kind of, it sets a precedent, though, for the series of movies you're making. So if you, if you take yourself less seriously at one point, well... I'm going to care about that later. But then again, we're talking about in the same year, you know, when they're released, it's going to be, what, six or seven months before that, that we see Mommy and Daddy fight. So Mm -hmm. we're just talking about, you know, Batfleck and Super Cavill having it out. Mm -hmm. I could use a little lightning up at that point. I'm not going to I'm not going to fight it. If you want to get a little brave in the boldy and just have a just a little a little bit of camp. Okay. Now what, uh, what looks totally badass is this footage they have of uh, Batman riding on top of the Joker mobile. I haven't even seen that. That sounds pretty terrific. He doesn't have the cape, which means it's going to be added in post, I imagine. Eh, that's, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be, Best I, it, it's hard not the... to get excited about that movie. Just It's hard not to. A- adding in post is probably, I imagine, the best way to get the proper cape below. Right, right. The only way, like, you cannot, 
no seamstress has ever broken the laws of physics enough to please like a Jim Lee drawing, for instance. Mm-hmm. You, you have to you you have to bring digits in if you're going to do that. And you know, uh, breaking the laws of physics in and really really capturing that sort of Jim Lee style was what I was hoping for when they started talking about people like Zack Snyder and David Ayer being included in this this list of directors because Watchmen was fantastic. Can't say enough. Cannot say enough about that movie. All right, over to Gotham Season 2 news. Uh, for Season 2, David Mazow is saying that you will see when Batman is Batman. He, he is Bruce Wayne. He is the more public persona, playboy and party boy. But then he is also Batman who is fighting crime and a detective kind of guy. In Season 2, you will really start to see that dual personality, his public persona and his detective persona. And I'm very excited to explore that. And I have to say I am too. What do you mm-hmm. think, Jason? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And it, it contradicts, like, you know, what was it, a year and a half, two years ago almost? We, we started hearing rumors that there was a show in development called Gotham. And one of the things was y- you you wouldn't see Batman at any point. It was that, it, and it was, it's an unexplored period. Um, no one's hit that, no one's hit that too much. It's kind of, um, it was ripe. It was absolutely ripe. And now here we are, and we're talking about seeing Batman. Um, I I would think I would resent that more because I was told a different thing, but I don't know. It's like being told that you're going to be given a new puppy and being given two puppies. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I I'm I resent nothing, sir. And this kid is killing it. So. Right. Uh, something we've talked about, I hope they do, you know, either flashbacks or flash forwards. Either way, I hope this kid is heavily involved because he's doing a great job. And it's several of the other actors that are actors and actresses that are, you know, playing the young roles, the girl doing Selena, for instance, is also kind of killing it. Um, yeah, I, I would really like to see those kids grow up into the people they're going to be same time if you wanted to flash forward or however you use the framing device if you wanted to pull it back or whatever i uh, yeah i mean i i wouldn't mind you fleshing out the story with a little bit of a, a hint at what's coming and especially because they've designed parts of this universe where some of the timing does seem to be a little bit off i mean mm-hmm. their gordon it will appear will be a, a little old for what he's going to be doing while the Batman mythos is taking place. Uh, Bullock in particular is going to be pretty old. I mean, if they flashed right. forward right. right now to a 30-year-old Batman right in the prime of what he can do, we're talking about a completely silver-haired Donald Logue trying to get out of a chair and help Batman. Trying really hard to get out of that chair. Like, they're going to have him on office duty mm. by this point. By By most actual policeman pension plans he would have been well qualified right because when they introduced him in the show he's already getting to that point where he's kind of a little bit silver and he's been there a little while and that, that, that was part of his character which was a it was a neat tweak this is one of the this is one of the most interesting things that people have done with the bullet character so far by a very long shot speaking of season two there is some rattlings of news that um it it's all about new characters here. Um, it's come out that the the people you should expect early in the season 
are the Joker in particular, where uh, you know Bruno Heller, the showrunner, was. Uh, he actually described it as you know during the first part of season two, we're going to see the rise of the Joker or how he became the Joker. Um, mm-hmm. Now he's been extremely timid about exactly who that Jerome kid is, and we'll get into that in just a second. But the rise of the Joker is going to be a big deal. He's also mentioned that Mr. Freeze is going to be in there, and that's a big deal. It, it gets into it gets into a rogues gallery very quickly because at this point we have the rise of the Riddler. He wants to explore what the Penguin does with all his power. He wants to explore how the Joker came to be. He's just going to straight up introduce Mr. Freeze, and then we're going to get. Uh, he's only he's only teased some of the monsters of the week that'll be there, and it, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of phrased as also villains like Clayface and Mad Hatter. Okay. Throwing me bones like Clayface and Mad Hatter, that is a very welcomed bone to throw. Mad Hatter in particular is is an extremely interesting character because he's got a lot that you can do with his background. You've got a lot, there's a lot of development that can get somebody to the point where they feel like they are the Mad Hatter. Uh, at the same time, Clayface, especially if they do um, the version they did in BTAS, I think, um, where he's the he's the actor who kind of gets himself in a bad situation. It, he ends up with his material great. But having something like Clayface, having something like Mad Hatter in this whole, in this entire situation, yes, absolutely. And if this is the show that gives you finally a live-action version of Mr. Freeze that isn't laugh-out-loud unbelievable, kudos, sir, kudos. Well, I'll say this, and this is as good a time as, as any to start our Gotham Season 1 retrospective. Sure. The promise of so many new characters seems daunting to me purely because it seems that they still don't know what's making what makes the show work and what doesn't make the show work gotham season one to me seems like two very separate seasons it seems like season one or two different shows see like the first half of season one seems like a dark gritty prequel Mm -hmm. and then the second half of season one seems like a freaking cartoon. Um, it's times. overcrowded. Yep. Yeah, it's overcrowded with characters that they tried to shoehorn into every episode. My God, man! At what at what point do, do we just cut out the the ham fest? I mean, thank God it looks like Fish Mooney's not going to be around anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the the. <laughs> There's so much to talk I about. Can, I, I cannot argue with, with the Fish Mooney thing. I I just I can't touch that. I completely agree. Um, she chewed so much scenery, I thought her false teeth would fall out. Yeah. <laughs> she was... Towards the end, you kept, ex- you kept expecting there to be chipped teeth. I agree. It just... Like, Uma Thurman from Batman and Robin was just reeking off of this woman. Right. On a consistent basis. Right. And it was... Which was a little bit disappointing because we know she's good, and it it wasn't like she was being it wasn't like she was doing a bad job with what she was trying to do. Woman's a great actress. She she did what she planned on doing. I just I I found myself having to try to care on a few occasions. It wasn't right. until the problem late. is the writers didn't the writers didn't do what they planned on doing. Well, they didn't. Now, the, or one, so it the, seemed. the entire purpose of her being there, though, was that the, the, the Gotham mythos is so, so well known that you had to inject some element of chaos, which mm-hmm. for season two, you've got all kinds of elements of chaos, I guess, but they're all known elements. But anyway, you, you had to 
there had to be someone on screen at some point. You can't threaten death. I mean, you're not going to kill off the Riddler. You're not going to kill off the Penguin. None of these people are going to yeah, die. Yeah, but you would say that about, you know, you would say that about Boss Maroney, but, I mean, his ass is six <laughs> feet under. So. Well, there he goes. Um, I was a little sad to see him <laughs> go because I like that guy. I do like that guy, but that character, I do. I like that, that character like that had hit the end of his arc, man. That that was done. That ship had sunk. It was, it Dude, was time. I would say that about a, a couple of those characters. I absolutely would. Um it gave it a little more credence when Falcone later went, you know what? Nope, 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 and nope. I'm out. I'm going to go to Florida. Yeah, which was a huge problem for me as like two episodes, uh, two months, maybe a month prior, we watch him strangle a woman he cared deeply for. Right. To cement his position. They, they To cement and his it position cemented in the underworld. At, at the very least, it cemented how how I felt about that character because he was very clearly a badass. This was, this was an old man who enjoyed picking flowers and he, he was a very, he seemed genteel a couple times and you knew he had an edge. You knew there was a reason he was where he was, but until that scene, you hadn't, you, you hadn't really, you hadn't gotten the full, the breadth of, of just how gangster he really was. But man. and I'll I'll give it to them that he was he was talking about moving down to Florida with what was her name Lila yeah it? yeah now they had, they had sown some seeds about how he was kind retiring. of a little bit done with the game but then you know her coming out as or being outed as a spy for Fish Mooney seemed to reverse that like oh hell no right. And that was, it was a badass scene, and Which just works, cold though. blooded. Like, that's part of the that's part of the, <laughs> the psychology of of uh, that kind of character is. Even when they're ready to tap out, they want to do it on their own terms. They will not be told when to tap out. I get behind that. I, I really but, can. That is that's the kind of you know bravado that got you where you got. It, it that's you have to have it. But you have a character who strangles a young woman to death to submit his position in the underworld. Right. And then looks around and there's Fish Mooney with bedazzled shit on her on her side of her head mm-hmm. and suddenly he's like, Nope, this is too much. I'm retiring. Right. Which uh What? He <laughs> Yeah. At at that point he was speaking for the believability of costume design in the show. <laughs> Nope, too much. You know what, that woman bedazzled the side of her skull. I'm out. I am damn out. No, I thought I was going to be at a show about Batman. This was supposed to be a classic. Show. It was going to be basically GCPD. Skull. We got this. No, I can kind of get behind All him. All right. So the, the reason I can get behind him going though is that just to just to end cap it. It that I hate to say it, but the the organized crime aspect of Batman. In, in in all of the mm-hmm. stories is like my least favorite part. I I want the rogues gallery. When it's done well, when it's done well, it's my favorite part. When it's done and when well, done, and I'm, I'm looking I mean, at you, Long Halloween. It is. It's great, but it doesn't often when get it, done well. When People, I'm talking, yeah, when I'm talking done well, I mean Long Halloween. I mean Dark Victory. I mean Batman the animated series. Rupert Thorne. Right. Uh, Arnold Stromwell. Yeah, we're 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 not talking about year you know, one, right? Even year one was yeah, but it seems to only get done well on occasion. Uh, for the most part, yeah. I mean, there I are don't a lot need of great gangland stories. This doesn't need to be one of them. 
Right. I mean. All right. So the entire the entire doll maker story just needed to go away. Um, <laughs> Fish Mooney, like once her story stopped being about dethroning uh, Falcone mm-hmm. and became some weird side adventure, which is exactly what I'm talking about, starts in the second half of season of season one. I uh, yeah, I agree. After got, the it, after the break. It raised the stakes for better or worse. Her ass should have been tortured stakes, and killed though. and done. Oh no, I agree. Um but that was about the time I started actually caring about her, in all fairness. Um she was one of those things that just it dragged through and I was just she was the kind of character that I, I hadn't learned to care about yet. And then somewhere around... You know what I had? When? At exactly the point, as, as earlier on, um, when she's in the nightclub and her and the woman, the old woman is there that is her mother, basically. Mm-hmm. They have this whole thing where she has... She's talked about like how she's she's risen up from being poor and all uh, that. There, there, was a, there, was some, there was a kernel of truth in the character there. And then they they didn't pick up that thread. They just kind of I don't know what you would call it. Just jacked themselves off into oblivion. I don't know. Just <laughs> I feel like that's... gets captured by the doll maker, becomes like the leader of an underground subterranean domain. Fights her way, scoops out her freaking eyeball. Oh my god! Just so so weird. Well, uh, what happened? What happened with her though? And there were there were a couple scenes before where I care like when uh, when her her little her little love toy gets beat up and um, mm-hmm. you know she has to sit there and listen to it and then she tells the restaurant to get out. That would have been a good scene anyway. But um, God, the way you know the way Jada Pinkett does it, just you know, it it, it kind of killed. I mean, there was there are there are good moments. It just overall, I didn't care. So it was a show called Gotham, and this yeah. was a new character, and I couldn't tell why I needed to carry it. It wasn't until she was actually trapped in the dungeon and mm-hmm. having to kind of build her crew from nothing. I didn't care when she was the right. decadent, overdressed, and I cannot stress how I'm not a stylist enough before I say this, but overdressed, overdressed, overdressed. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she was... The, the same scenery she was chewing up, she was a part of it. it she was... Decadent, um, which I'm sure looked great. If you're a set designer and costume designer, you were all happy with yourselves. But man, between that, it was it was it was extremely over the top. It was saccharine. It was weird. But when she had mm-hmm. to start from nothing and start recruiting people with nothing but swagger, that's when I cared. Um, and that's fine. But that. And I th- that's fine, but I think it could have been done in an easier way without her getting kidnapped. And by the way, she got shot in the gut and then just shows up in Gotham with no explanation. That Thanks, was showrunners. so strange. She was shot in the gut with a sniper rifle. I, 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 don't, I know aware. exactly, and I, I, <laughs> I know exactly shit about guns. I know that's supposed to hurt and that you uh, probably die. Mm-hmm. That is not acceptable. You cannot we just have... stroll on shore two weeks later. Now, it did say two weeks later. That is not enough time yeah, to stroll on shore. That is not no. enough time for the bedazzling on the side of your skull to have stopped clotting. It takes oh, time. Yeah. I, I just, I would like to have, if I had to follow such an egregious storyline for so long, at least let me know, you know, give me a line. 
give me something. Let me know how she got back to Gotham with, you know, without a swollen, bloated, <laughs> pussy belly. Right. Oh, my God. And the thing is, there are, and look, I, if the argument is, hey, we could have given you all that, but we'd have had to cut all this. Okay. All right. I get that. Thing is, you shot her in the stomach. You could have shot her in the top mm-hmm. of the arm. Wouldn't have made a difference. The whole she can walk on that shore two maker. weeks later with a with a bruise on her arm, and I'm going to buy it. But in the middle of the gut, come on now. The entire captured by dollmaker story seemed like they they were desperately trying to figure out. Oh wait, we had that dollmaker reference earlier, and <laughs> we had a couple episodes there. What the hell are we going to do with that? And they decided, oh well, we don't know what the hell to do with fish, so let's just merge those two. Second half of the season. They didn't know what to do with anybody. Penguin gets the penguin gets the uh, he gets the club. They build it up like he he can't keep the money coming in. No one's coming to the club, and then all of a sudden, he's good. Like the the club is doing well. He figured it out with Butch's assistance. Yeah. Strange tap dancing brainwashed Butch. Yeah, <sighs> that was Which one of the that was again, one of the moments where you just kind of teetering get- into cartoonsville. Yeah, you 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 buried the 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 bridge of your nose in your fingers and thought, okay, all right, I love you, so I'm gonna bear with you. But Aaron's ass does not have freaking hypnosis abilities, and and th- that that's going too far. This the, show went the closest into he has ever fest. been to making a man dance is a flailing body as he throws its slashed corpse over the side of a bridge. That man mm-hmm. is not a mind control expert by any stretch. He does not have control over his own mind. That is. Very clear. See, I've always been more partial to the Victor Zaz that was just kind of a psycho. We didn't really need him to be in the mob. He just kind of ran around killing folks and, and slashing marks into his own skin. Right, right. I was good with that. I don't, you know, That's whatever. That's one of the coolest um, stories you can have. Now, he's a monster of the week. Can't stress that enough. Monster mm-hmm. of the week. I don't know how to make a story. I, I, I just, he, he's a guy who slashes people. Because he he wants to show them peace, and that's a cool psychopath story. But unless you're going to develop mm-hmm. the entire thing, don't don't just show that to me. Now, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, completely fair to the series, they his name is Victor, not Aaron, by the way. His name is Victor Zaz, and they've never Did promised me the rest of that. No, I said Aaron, and I apologize. Um, oh, okay. He, that's his name, <laughs> but they've never they've never shown us scars on the side of his body. He's just always been a strange guy with that name. So we mm-hmm. may be kind of expecting too much out of the character. And I, that, you know, hey, look, I'm just a viewer, and th- these things happen. And maybe, you know, maybe a red... Well, for a show them. that seems... For a show that seems to be going for such, you know, blood and gore, I, I would think that they would just... Why would you make Zaz a? I mean, it's just it's a clever wink, much like most of the show to right. the fans. But don't no, just you, we don't need to see Zaz every week or every other week or whatever the hell it wound up being. Um, and uh, the thing I hate about that though is aside from that little you know, butch dancing kind of scene, he's been a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. like how he plays the character. I really do. I think he could be the kind of guy that I could buy being uh you know. If if he pulled off that nice suit and there were scars under it, I would buy it. I like that guy's face. Yeah. I like how he's playing it. Of course. So I, I kind of like the idea that they're saving him. I, I hope this is what's happening. 
that they're kind of saving it. They've buried the name. They've they've tried to kind of bury the lead on that one. And you know, maybe into season two. Of course, season two seems a little packed, but maybe season three. No kidding. You kind of you kind of pull him out as a. I I wouldn't mind him as a story arc. I really wouldn't. That even he works for. Um, that's actually a good question. I haven't thought about it. Uh, who the hell does he work for at this point? <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be Gordon. I guess. I, it, or or maybe he was he would just leave and go with uh, go with Falcone. I mean, his his employer retired. I don't see Zaz as the kind of guy who just wants to go chill on a beach. At the very least, he's pale as hell and he'll fry immediately. I don't know who he works for. He's a loose end. He actually is. He's a loose end on this on this episode. Now let, let's talk about let's talk about Barbara. <laughs> or we could not talk about Barbara. Because not oh, thinking she, about Barbara makes me very happy. She's such an integral part and unnecessary part of the season. Her name is an, an extremely integral part. Her different conversation. Barbara is a whole mess and a half. They is clear from the onset they don't know what to do with this character. Let's, I mean, given the quick rundown, she whined and whined about being included in Jim's life, then couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Left him for Montoya. Well, like they had a previous started doing drugs again. And that was a turning point yeah. of, of something. I don't I don't I, I Well, apparently she was with Montoya. Okay. They were doing the drugs. Which is fine. We're they talking were about Renee Montoya here. We're talking about and I cannot explain how excited <laughs> I would be to see the question show up in this series. Mm-hmm. I the and even even fitting the mood of the show, the question running around there, feeding Gordon clues, and then showing up to work the next day? Yes! Please, as soon as possible. And Montoya is, you know, an, a, established as a lesbian. There's no surprise there. Barbara was kind of mm-hmm. a weird twerk, but it, it would be really interesting if they did something with it, but they just seemed to use it as a weird ploy to make it interesting for a second, which is... Weird and false. It seemed but, like they couldn't so, find like, something provocative enough to make Barbara interesting. No, they, that's all they were doing. That was my point. She went from wanting to be in Jim's life, couldn't handle it, ran to Montoya, started doing drugs again, right? got semi-consensually sexually abused by the ogre, killed her parents, and tried to kill <laughs> Leslie Tompkins. They've taken her from whiny girlfriend to murdering psychopath. Yes, and <laughs> right. the closest well, thing know. they did to making her interesting was the psychopath angle. But the closest mm-hmm. thing they did to making her interesting to me personally was having her head smashed against a floor several times. Because I was rooting at this point for Leslie Tompkins to end that storyline. And my little rundown doesn't even include the fact that she was apparently a mentor for Poison Ivy and Selena, who she was apparently okay with staying in her apartment. And by the way, that was weird and, and just laced with sexual innuendo. It was strange. It was just, it was straight up strange. It seemed predatory. It did. And it, it really it, it did. It felt awkward, and I, I didn't like any part of it. There, there, it's, I didn't either. There was, uh, yeah, there was no part of that that was fun to watch. It was just a thing I kind of cringed. I mean, I remember finding myself. I'm sitting alone in a room watching these episodes, and I found myself kind of cocking my head back and squinting. Mm-hmm. I, you shouldn't be doing that alone in a room watching an episode. No. But I was... <clears throat> ah, I, I just it, If it's my sensibilities that are 
ill calibrated uh, and that can be pointed out i'll accept it but i don't think that's the case i think it was just damn strange it was barbara has has been the most the character in the most tumult i would say over the course of this season i hope mm. like hell she won't be back no continuity she will. be damned i don't need it is confirmed I don't need barbara she team. is here for season two sir i'm sorry i'm sorry to oh. inform you Oh, why can't they let her go? I don't, I don't know. want her there. I don't know. That was one of my favorite <laughs> parts Maroney, of the finale. Was I hoped that she had experienced heavy brain damage and would not be returning in anything other than a you know comatose state. Is she? Is she? Is she back as recurring or back as main cast? Well, a lot of the recurring slash main stuff is still to be developed. Um, they're going to start shooting in mm. June, apparently in the same uh, same set of docs they use for Boardwalk Empire, which. Good call. It's a good mm. set. So, so in June we'll that, know more. That will, so that will bring me to Montoya and Allen, who disappeared completely in, in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those, those two as rivals or allies for Jim Gordon was a good thing. Montoya's relationship with Barbara aside, which was tedious at best, they were actually, they, they had some good chemistry with each other, and I liked where they were heading with, with uh, them coming to respect Gordon, and then they're gone. Major well, they were crimes a major part of is, even, is never you know, even mentioned again. The, the Penguins, uh, before he's even the Penguin, um, <clears throat> they were at least part of the, the plot device for him getting in trouble to begin right. with. It, they seemed, this is the thing, you cannot drop the names Crispus Allen and Rene Montoya and not mean something. It's the question. And a man right. who at some point is the specter, Cannot understate this. The right hand of the <laughs> vengeance of God. Right. You have to mean something when you say these things. No, they, they made some really interesting cast choices that I was I was really down with. Um, the cat playing uh, Harvey Dent, uh, Nick DeGosto. Great. This job. is a cat that I, I yeah I, this is a cat that I came to like on Masters of Sex. And he did a great job here as as Harvey. I really dig the idea that they're they're kind of going along with the split personality, and he he did it justice, man. He he, he rocked it. it. Yeah, he and they didn't because you're you're watching. I think he was in maybe two episodes. I'm sorry. I think he was in maybe two episodes, so they didn't like they didn't cram Harvey Dent down my throat. But what what yeah. we got of him, I, I really enjoyed. He was only teased, and he he really is. He's a huge part of Batman's life, especially like. And let's go back to Long Halloween, because if I have to pick one series that has the most to do with, with Gotham, other than the GCPD series, and I know, but it, if I have to pick one thing that has the most to do with what I've seen in Gotham so far, it's going to be Long Halloween. And, mm-hmm. man, it, it, I, I'm, I'm happy with, if we get to the end of season two and maybe he starts, he starts getting himself in the situation or whatever it is, or... God help us if they actually do the animated series version of The Judge. I, oh, God. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, I might require a few alone moments for something like that. It, he's gonna, the thing is, he's been playing just a really straightforward, he's, he really has. He's been the kind of guy that you, you look at him and um, he plays an extremely straightforward district attorney. And then you look at him, it, it there was those couple of moments where you saw you saw Two Face break through. He freaking nailed mm-hmm. it. He freaking nailed it. It had it, there was the 
there was the 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 what was was the gravel in the voice kind of thing. You know, he got it. He absolutely yeah. got it. Now let's talk about Sarah Essen. She, if we are to believe that she and uh, she and James Jim Gordon get together at some point, which this show is just balls crazy. So who knows what they're going to yeah, do with that? That is, uh, she wild seems card. a little old, but I like her swagger. I like her sternness. Um, mm-hmm. Got no real problems with her. They haven't really given her a whole lot to do other than she's honest and secretly backs Jim. Mm-hmm. Good with that so far. And I'll I'll admit this version of her <clears throat> being honest versus Jim's kind of being out there. Um, I mean, you got to think of year one, right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Leslie Tompkins. Very cool. Very cool addition to the second half of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, huge, huge improvement on Barbara. I mean, of course, she's she's played by Marina Baccarin, who I will always love just for being in Firefly. Right. But that is a woman who has actually, 100% they, they, of my approval at all times. They found a way to write an interesting female on the show. Right. I couldn't be prouder of them for it. Now, um, the only thing I can say is she's she's been stated as series regular. Right. That doesn't mean anything than anything more than it has been, you know, for the for the last half of the season as we go. So mm-hmm. she's you know, it's a, it's a regular. It's seven of nine episodes. I don't know. I mean, pick your term here. Um, now, Which I would, you know, based on this season, be completely okay with all the quote unquote regulars if they were all recurring, because. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see Bruce and Alfred in every episode. I really don't. Well, the I don't finale need to see, proved I that. I mean, they did that with Barbara. Right, right. I don't, you know, I don't, but I mean, I'm I'm hoping we might get a little more of a mother role for Bruce. Like I, which is just kind of want to see Alfred get some play, you know, um, <sighs> don't, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want Tompkins to stick with, with Jim is what I'm saying. Like I want her to eventually move on and, and. Well, and he thought if, if he hops off with, with Essen for a second, it kind of, I'll be happy for him. But at the same time, I, eh, it did enter office love affair kind of thing. Eh, we've already seen that. That was, that was part of the mm-hmm. first part of their storyline. So if they're going to do that again, I'm going to be bored. But if yeah. instead they're going to do, you know, him and Sarah Essen and there's something to it. Okay, fine. Um, same time we're talking about Jim Gordon. In, in many of the stories, <clears throat> that is a single dad. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. If if yeah, if that I, guy's single, that's fine. I, I'm not I'm not hating on it. I agree. Which you know, he. <laughs> I understand. I don't know. I understand any... that Ben McKenzie is an attractive man, and the instinct is to put he an is. attractive female next to him. I get it. We don't have to give into the, all the of way our that guy walks. The way Ben McKenzie plays Jim Gordon, the way he walks and talks. It's one of those hang-ups for me on the show. He musters so much damn testosterone in the utterance of every line. You have to imagine. He has to have a girlfriend or a fiancé or something. (laughs) He has to have sex because if he doesn't, he will blow. He will have a mental breakdown. This guy is so on edge. There's just the assumption that there's something to do with that amount of testosterone. Right. He's... Just this walking, floundering cowboy gritting his teeth constantly. He is. No, that's the perfect description, though. Cowboy. And he is. He's, he's absolutely he is. friggin' perfect for that. And this is why he's been so interesting on the show is 
this is a guy that has so much, well, I mean, swagger. There's, there's no better word, swagger, that he, oh, the only thing I could imagine that gets him back to the kind of person who is just happy to do his job and contribute, because imagine it as a story arc, you think you're in charge of getting Gotham back. Mm-hmm. And then this guy comes out of nowhere called Batman. And at first, you you know, you were resist the entire concept of a vigilante. And, you know, hey, there are a lot of reasons to do that. And you can explore stuff about him feeling like he's a vigilante himself. So being a little jealous of the concept and at the same time, just just plain old justice. Enforcing law uh, 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 on your own is not acceptable. You can go into any of that right. for a second. But at the same time, if. If he decides at the end of that day that this guy's doing a hell of a lot of good and the most good mm-hmm. that I can do to contribute to his campaign is to sit quietly, do my job, and make sure I'm there for him. Like, don't get fired. Don't give anyone any reason to get rid of you. You need to be on the inside. This guy's going to need you. And when the time comes, that's the most help you can possibly give. I, 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 I would be happy to see that kind of storyline. I really would. No, I kind of, I, I do, there are parts of the Jim Gordon character that I enjoy. And then there, you know, I sort of, part of me actually is ashamed to admit that I would be delighted by just a scene, just a normal office scene between he and Harvey, um, where he just, through gritted teeth, goes, Harvey, pass me that <laughs> pencil. Because um, that's, that's just how he plays every every scene with that character almost. Oh, that's been. That's but he's been a badass, one of the, and I'm willing to accept it. It's been one of the most interesting parts, though, is Bullock is this count his pennies, watch the the grains of sand pass through the glass. One day, if I survive, I'm good. And then this guy mm-hmm. comes in, and suddenly everything else means something. Suddenly, justice means yeah. a damn. Like that's been one of my mm-hmm. favorite part watching Donald Logue take this whole thing on has been one of my favorite parts of the show. Donal Logue has been a fantastic addition to the show and I've always liked the the actor whenever I've been you know blessed enough to see him on screen. Right. He's not one of these guys that is has just you know always been there for you. No, no, he's not showing up in TMZ. He's just one of those guys that Right. has been solidly good at everything that anyone's asked him to do and this is this is no exception. Yeah. He freaking nailed it. Um, he did, and and I'll say like the the best part of Fish Mooney's storyline has just been her very subtle uh, relationship with with Bullock. Right. I mean, even in the finale where she's like, "I'm gonna kill you slowly. I'm gonna kill you quick." Yeah, we're good. That's that's how <laughs> she honors Gordon. You're a good man. I'll kill you slowly, or I'll kill you quick. I mean, um, and then just just to Bullock, just this, we're good. That's all she says. Yeah, it's we're it's cool. almost we're it's cool. almost or we're cool. Yeah, sorry. It's just it's flippant almost. It's it's casual. It is. She's that scene. There's <clears throat> nothing casual about it, and yet there they are. Yeah. Except by the way, and this has bothered me the entire time. If I'm wrong about it, please point it out to me. I would love to be wrong about this, but okay. Those are very simple, very simple mechanisms that are holding those people. They have they have chains between their wrists. The chains are interlocked into another set of chains that goes up, and that the actual clasp at the end is just a very simple locking mechanism. Unless there's something mm-hmm. I'm missing, th- th- that's a very simple locking mechanism. What am I missing? 
I mean, I, I would I, like I, to I know why seen... these these people with a combined IQ of somewhere over the four four ten can't figure out a way out of a couple of locks. I would assume. Actually, no. One. There were there were. That's a combined IQ of over five hundred. If you had to bet based on character development, those are smart people. <laughs> I, I would I would assume that one the best Selena he can Kyle do is like one who, smile goofy it just it's just some weird goofy smile he passes at Selena like hey help a, help a brother out no that's it that's all he's got that's what's in his tank some fourteen year old girl he he wants talked to my thought was that Selena was the one who chained them up which means that those locks are not quite as simple as one might surmise I love two, your version two they were I mean this is all head cannon. But two, they were chained up in front of essentially a, a bedazzled firing squad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to go that route and bedazzle your own head, let's just go ahead and guess you're willing to pull that You've trigger. You've clearly got some issues that should not be dealt with right now. Oh, I mean, the, if I'm mugged on the street by the average man, I might think to fight back. If I'm mugged on the street by the average man who has bedazzled his own skull, I'm going to sit quietly and hope I survive. Now, the season suffers from some some story elements, some some writing elements. I mean, mm-hmm. the dialogue isn't always quite up to snuff. That's yeah, pretty um, good. I mean, it's, but it's, 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 it's a weekly series about, you know, pre-Batman Batman. Right. So I'm going to let that slide a little bit. <laughs> the penguin's mother. I, I, there, there's no there's no real version of this where her being in in the show for more than one or two episodes. There's no version of that where that's okay. She's an intensely annoying character. I wish Maroney had killed her. No, I, I can do this in so six words. Say. Six words. You ready? Love that yeah, actress. Hate that character. Yeah. We. I mean, this is a woman who wants kicked bill murray in the balls sure and I, I i laughed i laughed with all of my little child heart i i don't i don't care now that, that's just a weird it's just a weird role and one of the ways they introduced her was a strange bathtub scene and it just became one of those things where there were a couple times where they, they kind of put in sexual innuendo in in the show mm-hmm. but gotham doesn't have to do that Gotham has a ton of things going on that have nothing to do with those kinds of yeah character flaws. And oddly I, enough, to, oddly enough, despite uh, despite the fact that they they keep giving us these weird incestuous innuendos with, with mm-hmm. Penguin and his mother and strange sexual air with uh, with Barbara and the and the kids in her penthouse, right? They very very ardently shy away from any kind of real sex on the show i mean for god's sakes barbara's taken to a bdsm dungeon oh, and she takes oh, looks no, at no. pictures and no. they the don't BDSM even go community else. would mean, firmly insist that, that that they don't do anything near that unsafe that's just what they would call <laughs> and i'm gonna quote here from someone I, that i've never met that might be involved with that community i have no freaking idea but they're gonna call that and i'm gonna quote some weird shit that ain't right uh-huh well, you know, I don't. Basically, I felt like they were just they were trying to play upon the, you know. But when they went in production, they had to have believed that Fifty Shades of Grey was going to be much bigger than it was, <laughs> and it was going to have a whole lot more. Maybe pull the than it best did. hope. No, no. And, see, I really don't think that they, though, because there's no way they would 
like Fifty Shades kind of capitalized on a little bit of the it it, it it yeah it's an entire it's an entire aspect of that community that I'm sure has everything everything to complain about here, but it focused on a little bit of the fetishism of it, and this just plain this is just plain mm-hmm. this is just brainwashing. This is just brainwashing in a very specific sexual manner that's obviously, obviously wrong. And mm-hmm. to be fair to 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 be fair to that choice and in the story of the uh, season one, Barbara walking into that little that little dungeon um, and actually looking interested instead of scared was maybe the most interesting mm-hmm. thing she had done so far. And then they retconned that look in the next episode. And then it was gone. Yeah. I mean, it, she was always kind of a little on board, but they never mm-hmm. let her. I would have been happier with with everything. Uh, if they had made, you know, the ogre. Um, by the way, Ventimiglia, I was happy to see him again. He's. I, I enjoy that guy. But if they had made the ogre kind of a an introduction to her dark side he recruits mm-hmm. her he straight he charl he right. charlie manson's her ass and they make mm-hmm. her kind of a an absolute uh, uh cannot remember the name of that little uh that little lady oh well um she was at the trial and everything but if they made her that little sidekick and uh, that was the entire point of that was to introduce her to this dark side. That was what I was hoping. Right. The moment I saw that weird dark look in her eyes, that was what I was hoping would happen was that they would introduce her as this is her dark side. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's just, it's a girl with the name Barbara Gordon. There are ways to get around that. There are interesting ways to get around that too. You can still have the Oracle and Batgirl. You still can do this. You can even have some crazy villain who came before her who bore the name but you cannot have mm-hmm. some chick that's as, as uninteresting as the character they've presented that somehow turns into something I care about later right now they've got a yeah. lot to prove to me I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's her or the writing or where the story's going or what but they have a lot to prove as far as that character goes let's jump over to Edward Nigma. we disagreed entirely on that last scene Eddie. didn't we I, I don't know. I I don't remember the conversation. Um, we have a guy who has a crush. He likes riddles and he has a crush on a lady at the office. That's what we're presented in the beginning of season one and through most oh. of season two. All fair. Seems just like a quirky uh, Season dude. two, sorry. Uh, just a quirky see, dude. I, I keep thinking of it as season one and season two. That's what I keep thinking of it as. Right, right. First half of the season and most of the second half of the season, you've got uh, the singular season. We've got a guy who one day you will quirky, accept the singularity riddles. of that season. One day, one day, yeah. never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, he kind of dips his toe into the dark side, screwing over the the jackass who won't let him into the lab. Cool, whatever. That's that's cool. But that final episode, that final scene, where he's just he goes batshit crazy over the fact that she figured out his little riddle that. <laughs> that her Bose fake note spelled out Enigma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they, for the first time, they just show him actually just 
go balls to the wall insane. Mm-hmm. It felt unearned. It felt weird. It was a cool little sequence, but I could have dealt with that earlier in the season. I could have dealt with that, you know, as a cliffhanger for the for the mid season finale. Okay, I like I could get behind that, but then okay, if they had done that mid season, I that's one thing. And it, whatever they would have mm. done with the you know the end of season one, you, know, you can only speculate. But I'd be happy to try to defend what what happened with that sequence though because it it wasn't to me it wasn't like he it wasn't unearned to me that was completely earned um he has a thing for a girl um and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you are in your life the the overwhelming odds are at some point in your life you felt a way about a girl i want to guess junior high for the average male um but you felt (laughs) a way about a girl you've been infatuated and you felt like that that girl wasn't getting the treatment you you felt she deserved well fine mm-hmm. um this is an extreme an extreme version of that but for him what it amounted to was he did he he had an unnatural uh, affectation for this for this girl um who by the way is adorable so and i actually don't blame him there but it was he 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 has an obsessive personality in general so Mm-hmm. I can I can buy that that he doesn't just a guy like Edward Nigma doesn't just like a girl he he falls for a girl and he falls head over heels and not only are his emotions telling him that he loves this woman without bounds he he's the kind of guy whose logic is so persistent that it would follow him there and he would he would feel mm-hmm. so deeply about this girl. And and be able to justify it to such an extent that it wouldn't phase him later when he saw the girl being abused and thought that he should should step in. And don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you see a girl... Like, there are signs of abuse in this show. There are signs of, of actual domestic violence in this show that sure he would have been well within his right to go talk to another department within his you know workplace and explain what was happening mm-hmm. and, and have it be you know maybe in... Uh, internal affairs thing or something. But, of course, um, we're talking about a crazy motherfucker anyway. So, uh, this is a crazy bastard. He he goes in and just takes care of the problem himself. Um, I can get behind all that. Like, that doesn't feel weird mm-hmm. to me. Crazy dude, crazy infatuation. He believes everything he says mm-hmm. because dude's got an IQ of, like, 180. I mean, th- this is a smart guy. By all accounts... Um, He's one of the kind of, you pick a top 10 out of the DC universe. He's going to be at like the bottom 10, but the guys above him are, you know, world enders. So, and Batman. So I'm not hating on his intelligence here. That's going to follow him into it. And suddenly he feels like he should defend this girl. So he kills, he kills the guy that he feels like is hurting the girl. Well, his, his other OCD pattern is he, he loves riddles. And in the in the midst of all that nervous energy, he just cannot resist putting one in. And that's the mm-hmm. version I like for what has happened to this character. Because the crazy version of him that was so OCD that he felt the need to take a handle on the situation in that manner. That same guy whose logic just followed him the entire way would be the same kind of guy who wouldn't be able to keep out the other portions of his brain that were just obsessive. 
and him putting mm. the little enigma down the side. Now, I was proud of her that she caught it. That was pretty cool. But I don't know, him, him picking up on it and going absolutely crazy over it, I was fine with. That I think my, my real problem is not that it was there. My real problem is that we should have seen more signs of it throughout the series as a whole. Um, we had way too many scenes of, of him just kind of popping in to, to see her uh, and her rebuffing him and him moving on with his day. Okay, now we, we could have I'll gotten a little more of the psychosis a, of a little the earlier. Could have been turned into crazy scenes, and yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah, I, I just think it was uneven. He he just kind of came off as a shy, weird, quirky little dude who liked riddles, and apparently this girl, and they tried to cram way too much character development into the last half of that season. That's just. We got too many, too much of the same scene over and over again. Uh, okay, and I like the guy the playing him, scene, and I'm interested to see where they're going with him. Yeah, the guy playing him. Um, yeah, Corey Michael Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Good man. He's doing a great job. Um, okay, I can get behind the whole like we saw too many of those scenes. Same time, you kind of just killed a guy. And your job mm-hmm. is forensics. You know how easy it is to kill a guy and that go badly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I cannot imagine the amount of crazy that goes through your head when you've just killed a man. I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I can buy that you just absolutely hit the batshit level pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I, I can see what you're saying. Um, I mean... Nigma's Nigma's transformation was was probably one of the least egregious of the egregious there, for me. Um, and it, he might end up being one of those, especially depending on how they play him, because the Riddler's been a few people. He's been an extremely timid guy who just you know, he sometimes he looks like a timid office intern who likes crossword puzzles. Sometimes I swear mm-hmm. that's how they play him, and then other times he is an extremely intimidating, intelligent bizarre man who has every intention of screwing with your life and teasing you with ideas of how you could have fixed it but you can't because you're not that smart and those are the Mm -hmm. versions that are creepy as hell those are the versions that are interesting and I I, they've set it up I think they can go for that version and I'll buy it alright let's 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 move on and, and go to Bruce Wayne and Alfred I could deal without. I, I could. I could deal with it if they moved on from the Bruce hangs out with Selena aspects. Sure. They had exactly one episode, I think, in in season one where I actually enjoyed it, where Alfred kind of comes in and sees that Bruce is actually just being a kid for a minute. Right. But I feel like that tie should be broken. If we're gonna do Selena, let's see her do other things. Let, let let's not go back to Bruce. Let him develop um, independently. Sean Pertwee. The cat playing Alfred. I did, and I, I, I can't stress this enough. When he was stabbed in, in the last few episodes, I was serious when I said this. Um, if they had let him die, I would have stopped watching the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just would have. I would have been pissed. I would have banned it. Um, the only thing I really hate about his character right now is that he continues to call Bruce Master B. I don't know why, but it completely takes it out of, uh, uh, takes me out of it. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. David Mazzal, the kid playing Bruce Wayne, though. 
I gotta say though, I'm gonna He's have to go really back and watch damn good. I've never even noticed Master B. I I didn't know he yeah, was trying he to give him Master like B. a hip hop name. He does. It reminds me of Bud Bundy from from Married with Children when he decided to call himself Rap Master B. Oh God, <laughs> I, I didn't even catch it. I, I've apparently some part of my my brain just overrode it as oh he means Master Bruce, and I moved on with my day. I I've never even caught it. Yeah, yeah. Just go back and, and check that out. Master no, Dane. I will not. All I'm right. entirely happy with my memory. <laughs> I have no intention <laughs> of replacing that with another memory. <laughs> but there, this kid, Bruce, this kid playing Bruce Wayne, he really is pretty fantastic. No, killing um, it, killing. There are, like, there was a time, there was a an episode early on where. He's, I believe he's talking to Jim Gordon mm-hmm. and, and Alfred comes in and just disapproves of the entire thing. Like, oh, he's a small child. He shouldn't have to deal with it. And he goes to, you know, <laughs> which is fair, stop whatever's happening. And Bruce just turns to him and goes from like a little kid talking to a, a police officer about the death, of the, the death of his parents, completely, completely vulnerable and snaps from that to turning to Alfred and just going, Alfred. I, I swear Conroy's voice came out of that kid. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> yes. And Alfred like, takes a step back and goes, very, very well. <laughs> very no, well, he Master always, Bruce. <laughs> he's, he is, that is a trained, that is a disciplined man. Like, w- when the time comes, he, he, has, he has exactly the, the stance you'd expect from an ex-military man, or ex Royal Air Force. What, what, I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, that he will snap back into character, gentlemen, gentlemen, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, I mean, you got to feel for him. He, he, as a character, he's, he's tasked with raising this child, but at the same time, he's raising you know, his boss, so he, he can only take certain things so far. But every now and then, mm-hmm. he just, yeah, Bruce will look at him. Bruce is happy to take instruction from this man you can tell he loves him there's a paternal affection but every mm-hmm. now and then he will snap to him like he has that i'm your boss tone that kid is killing it for that he really is oh, yeah man. one of my favorites really though, is. my my favorite scene out of out of uh the, out of that kid so far he asks to uh go to the board of directors he sits down mm-hmm. with his board of directors who are just kind of you're surprised they fill out the table because they're they're almost sure this is just sort of they think this is going to be funny and they sit down and he mm-hmm. immediately explains to them that you know he's going to investigate them and that there may be criminal action and he thinks several of the people involved are at this table and you can just see yep. the faces change on that table yeah that kid clearly has the biggest sack at that table no questions mm-hmm. asked that is that is freaking Batman sitting at the end of that table, and they just don't know it yet. And the fact that a child can pull off that kind of scene, that ridiculous, completely retarded scene. Yeah. No, the gravitas. <laughs> that kid's pulling. <laughs> now, I know I'm, I know yeah. as an audience member, I'm sitting there watching it going, well, this kid's going to be Batman someday. But he, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. This kid looks down, looks down somebody's. Well, he looks into your eyes, and it looks like he's looking through the rest of your body. It looks like an exploratory yeah. exam, just because he's he's that darted kid, his eyes at you. That kid, on more than one occasion, has been the sole thing stretching my suspension of disbelief on this show. 
Right, right. You're willing to carry it as far as that kid's involved, at least. He, he's, yeah. he's nailed it. He's absolutely kind of on on top of of nailing it with that character. He's been he's been interesting. He's been playful when he needed to be. When uh, uh, especially when Alfred's uh, friend from the service came by, that scene he just keeps getting up. That's 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 mm-hmm. that's the guy I want to see someday. He just keeps getting up. He. He keeps mm-hmm. getting his ass kicked. He keeps getting taken down. And one of my favorite little lines is, you know, he's, but you're bigger than me. And he gives him like, well, then, you know, find a weak point kind of thing. Um, and immediately when he has that little back and forth, I'm thinking about Bane and, you know, Killer Croc, Grundy, mm-hmm. like characters like that where you just, it's the, it's the Batman we all love that's just way overmatched. And he just finds the weak point. He he just there's no fear. There's no human instinct to him that says stop. And that mm. come on, that's that's the guy. That's the guy we love. You can see little hints. No, just little hints in that kid's eyes sometimes that that's gonna be the guy that that's gonna be the guy I love one day. Now overall, I'm I'm I I'm looking at. I really do. I want to give this this show like a five out of ten. Overall, it was like you were saying earlier. It's good. It's not great. They really don't know where they're going. It's pretty clear. It's pretty obvious. Uh, they have some great players. Robin Lord Taylor as the Penguin, killing it. Yeah, David Masao is Bruce Wayne. Him at all, but just ten out of ten, man. Like yeah, I mean, absolutely ten out of ten. That that guy has redefined how I think about the Penguin. He has. I did. I did mention it briefly, but first half of that season, like his his climb to power, uh, his it was fun. It was fun watching him play both sides of of the Maroni and uh, Falcone. Oh yeah, war. It, hey, th- that one scene in particular where he's walking up on the grass, uh, kind of next to Falcone's. Uh, yeah, it looks like a garden. He's got a coop out there, and mm-hmm. he walks over the grass and. I mean, if this was The Sopranos, for instance, that's that's a death scene, or it's going to cut mm-hmm. the journey and ruin the last six years of my life. Either way, but at the <laughs> very least, that is a scene that is it plays as ominous. And mm-hmm. so help me God, he he played it. He I, I bought it when he was doing it. It was ah, oh, I mean, he's been there. He's been on point. I know. I know that this kid has that emo hair. And I know he's got that snivelly uh, voice. I know there are all these problems with the guy. I, I know there are all these reasons that you could be watching and not taking him seriously. But watch closer, like, like just, just mm-hmm. view more closely what you're being presented. That kid he's has absolutely teeth. conniving, absolutely vicious. The shark has an extra row of teeth when you look at this kid. You know, right, it. right. They're all angled back too. Like he, and you kind of forget like, about yeah about the. 70% mark of the season. Once he's gotten the nightclub and he's kind of failing at being a nightclub manager, that's when you kind of start to wonder like, all right, are they going to show are they going to show some humanity? Cuz they put it they put it perfectly in that first episode. Uh, there there's a fair amount of Batman's rogues gallery that fittingly enough mm-hmm. have no superpowers. Um sure. they're just they're just dudes with problems and they've manifested in certain ways. And Penguin is mm-hmm. no different. He's He's just a strange dude that kind of has you know, a lot of quirks. And if you had to pick a power, you know, it, you know, for Batman, it might be deductive reasoning or something. If you just had to pick a couple words to describe what he's capable of. But for Penguin, it's just 
He's a master tradesman. That is what it gets down mm-hmm. to. The man knows what everything is worth for every other person. Um, mm-hmm. So the least, the least believable moment in the entire show, and uh, strangely enough, one of the more fun ones is when he's getting used to Butch being, you know, his guy, and he's starting to get the thing, and he's starting to get the club going, and he he's lacking liquor, and Butch kind of solves the problem for him, and Penguin couldn't. That was. I wondered where we were going for a second, but the bottom line ended up being that it, this this version of the penguin always has a a very clear view of the higher picture. Mm-hmm. Some of the fine points he's still figuring out, but right the, the big picture he's got he's got all of it, and they nail it in the first freaking episode. <coughs> they nail it, they nail it immediately. He's isn't it the first episode or is it the second? But it, I want to say it was the first one where he gets executed or, you know, pseudo-executed yeah. by, by Gordon. Yeah, yeah. But that I was can, first. I can see things. You know, all that. I, there will be blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. All that. This is just a guy who gets it. He understands the criminal mm-hmm. underworld in a way that other people never will. Yeah, and he's... The only reason I buy that Jim Gordon keeps getting put in a position where he keeps having to ask Penguin for favors. Right. The only reason I buy it is because I believe that Penguin knew it was going to happen and made it happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Otherwise, Jim Gordon's got a, a couple of really big flaws that is really hard to get over. <laughs> that just I'm like, dude, happens you, into that you situation. Know, you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are going to regret to this. You cannot keep trusting Penguin. Stop asking <laughs> him for favors. Well, they they do a thing though where uh, it, it, I think it's Bullock that calls him on the you know you you can't go to him again and mm-hmm. he does anyway and it's it's gonna backfire it's gonna backfire they hung I the lantern it just didn't shine that, two, that early season two will involve a series of IOUs being pulled by the Penguin firmly believe it mm-hmm. well I mean he's king of Gotham right we got that he, whole Titanic he, scene at the end he really did so. pull. The- <laughs> Which I don't know how he climbed up on that roof like that because I mean he had just gotten shot in the leg, but whatever. I don't care if that's uh, give if him, that's your not injured leg even. You still you've got one limpy gimpy thing that you you just barely have control <laughs> over. Obviously, barely have control over. And then their leg's been shot. Adrenaline, being which is what a little it is. surprising. It's a little surprising that it's such a big deal for him to be king of Gotham anyway. All it was was like 15 dudes with guns for a second, like shooting at each other. And he's king of Gotham now. eh, I understand TV budgets. No, 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 no. I'm happy. I'm happy to explain that as like, (laughs) you have a board of directors meeting somewhere, for instance, at Wayne enterprises. And, uh, you know, there's Mm -hmm. 15 people around that table. Mm -hmm. Imagine all those people with guns and redefine the scene. And we're kind of back there. I imagine this is like upper middle middle management that was there with (laughs) with an AR 15 that day. Right. And I am less amused by the fact that, that the penguin just wanders in with a gun and freaking sprays and prays and everyone just bolts, just bolts. Yeah. 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 Some of the worst aims. Like, how do you become? How do Spray you pray, become man. like a top level henchman? How do you become a top level henchman for any number of dons that might be out there <laughs> looking to employ a man such as yourself? If you can't aim a freaking gun, 
Uh, no. I know. But if you can predict just, human behavior you know. on the level that that man apparently has, can, you just, you keep him anyway. You, you, well, if, you can predict, if you can, if you can predict human behavior on the level that the penguin does, you don't spray and pray. Well, that's what I keep hoping. I, I, I've rewatched the scene a couple of times, hoping that his plan was to spray the room. No, he just seems to come in there with some sort of adolescent rage and just pull a trigger and then run out of bullets and mm-hmm. run. It, it seems very undirected. There was a, there was a portion, uh, the action portions of that finale were just suspect, I want to say, uh, at best. There were, there were, it seemed slightly undirected. It seemed like it was directed more by the, the writer than the characters. And yeah, the, that's the worst I can give it. And short of that, here's what I give it. Like, I can, I can, I can nitpick about some of the, some of the crap about the characters and everything. But it, bottom line was it set it up, though, where penguins top of his game riddler's going freaking mm-hmm. crazy selena is and this is by the way i know her character choice in that last episode is strange but bruno heller mm-hmm. himself described oh it as God. i'm gonna quote here teenagers try on different roles i can actually kind of right. get behind that i mean uh, well, you know what i have to say to that what? we ain't kids and it ain't morning <laughs> I mean, I get that. I get that. <laughs> but same time, you're like, she's a 15-year-old girlish. I mean, come on, give or take a year. But that's a 15-year-old girl. And she, uh-huh. a 15-year-old anything is kind of impressionable. And it, sure, you try on different roles. You do. <laughs> like you, 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 when you you're do. a late teenager, early teenager, you, you go through phases. And there's all kinds of tropes for that crap. I will note that she was one of the ones who didn't shave the side of her head. She didn't bedazzle her, her brain there. Points. Points for that. Points for that alone. <laughs> because 15-year-old girls are like, uh-uh, I'm not she, doing that. She That's changed hair. her hairstyle, but it looked like it was more like a few bobby pins yeah. than, you know, yeah. shaving and piercing her skull. Yeah. Okay. Uh, freaking Fish Mooney walking out looking like uh, Callisto from the X-Men Morlocks, you know? She did. <laughs> it was just strange. <laughs> it was. All right. But, no, uh, we can't. We can't. We can't get through this retrospective without talking about Cameron Monaghan. Okay. Yeah. No. Who, um, if he, if he is not the Joker, is at least a precursor to the Joker. Now we we've gone on for a while, um, <laughs> so we're just gonna have to call it at uh, the thing you should call it at. Let's let's end this show with the Joker. Sure. I mean, there there are a lot of. Um, all right. Let me put it this way, just to start from scratch. Bruno Heller has described it in a number of ways. All of those ways are the biggest tease I, I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, specifically at least for this show, but in particular, he has given us nothing. He has given us nothing but empty promises and double wording. And Okay, all we know is that that kid is related to the Joker. And in other interviews, he has the he's DNA of the Joker inside the Joker. of him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know he's got the DNA of the Joker inside of him, that he's connected to the Joker. Mm-hmm. And then we run out of things that we can usefully apply. Right. Then it just becomes now, a, a, a big old pile of what the hell. Now, this, this kid was and continues to be a real area of contention amongst the fans and the detractors of the show about, you know, half of those people who love the performance. Um, they can't they can't agree on whether or not he was doing a ledger 
impersonation or if he was doing a Jack Nicholson impersonation. The detractors have the same have the same qualm, except they think it's a bad impersonation. The fact that the detractors are split on whether or not he was doing a ledger or a Nicholson by his very virtue proves that he did a fantastic job. Absolutely. <laughs> if you Absolutely. cannot pin down if you cannot pin down what the hell that kid is doing with such an iconic set of roles. I mean this kid was mixing and matching and it kind of did be- become his own it became his own thing. Um it wasn't quite Nicholson, it wasn't quite Ledger. There was there was there were even hints at at Hamill there. Even I have no problems that with that. That was the one kid. of my favorite parts. The laugh was was kind of Hamill. Yeah. I, and, and that that I, shit I mean, grin was it looked like it was very Nicholson and he mm-hmm. he did he muttered he he would kind of jumble his words with that ledgerish kind of aspect to I mean uh, Caesar was about the only person who didn't pull into that thing mm-hmm. no I don't know if this kid is the Joker I, I, I doubt Heller knows if this kid is the Joker well he described I'm, it I'm and damn I, curious I'm, to find I'm out the quoting two words here long play um, mm-hmm. this kid is part of the long play of who the Joker is he hasn't mm-hmm. he hasn't said that that's not the Joker he hasn't said that it is um, mm-hmm. hell at the end of one of his um, at the end of one of his things uh, he just says that's teaser enough i think like he just playing he's just messing with us man i mean that could that kid could very easily be the joker and you could be you could be the at the very least <sighs> i mean i know there's i know there's napier but you're gonna have more screen time with the first version of naming and originating the joker you're gonna be able to set that bar yourself i mean nicholson mm-hmm. only had a portion of two hours, you you, you can reset everything. And sure. time has told if you do it well enough, it'll end up back in the books. Well, overall, I think it was a it was a sound season, if not in a tumultuous <laughs> schlock fest of dark and gritty, <laughs> mixed with Schumacher esque cartoonism. No, I know I will not accept that description. At no point, I will. at I no will. point, did anyone pull out a, a Gotham credit card. Or some shit that no, no no but no no but look at look at those look at those <laughs> over the top dance scenes like the big balls and whatnot look at penguin's hair let's look at penguin's hair let's look at uh let's, let's really compare the schumacher batman with gotham for just a second you're looking at the hair you're looking at everything pretty much everything fish mooney did was <laughs> straight uma thurman okay this show cannot out. decide can whether it is out camp. Uma Thurman and Jada Bingham Smith. I can call that one for one, mm-hmm. and I can I can easily find an analog for Penguin's hair. And to be fair, to but be fair, not, I mean Penguin's hair agree. is Penguin's hair is straight up Jim Carrey's hair as the Riddler. I mean it's just it's that gaudy and that stupid. And to be fair, Schumacher had he not had it has been well stated had he not had the disruptions from the studio that he he did mm-hmm. he would have made a much darker movie. Look at the number twenty. For God's sake, that is yeah. pure Gotham. People no, scooping is. eyeballs out, blood, gore, weird, but all all ensconced in neon and and just weird shit. Right. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just saying this this could very well be you know Schumacher's true version of Batman, sans nipple suits. <laughs> And I, I can't stress this enough. I don't know a situation on Earth in any version of Earth that, that shouldn't exclude the words sans nipple suit. You, you just sure. or include. I mean, you, you just you can't. No version of a nipple suit should exist. I'll, I'll put it this way. If season two starts off with gangsters with machine guns that have neon lights, we might not be talking about this show again on the podcast. <laughs> 
I mean, look, I'll make you a deal right now. Uh-huh. They're going to introduce Mr. Freeze. If any of Mr. Mm-hmm. Freeze's subordinates attack someone with a hockey stick, I will seriously consider burning all of my DC memorabilia. That's a bold statement. If they're not I aware mean, that that was one of the worst portions of that entire Schumacher abomination, mm-hmm. it would have to be an extremely clever version of attacking someone with a hockey stick. You know what? I take back what I said. If if they that's where they're going with this show, I, I'm going to sink with the ship, man. You're going with it? I weathered the storm of Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. I can weather this storm as well. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us this week. We are DC On Screen, and you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you can pick up what we're putting down, please go give us a five-star rating on iTunes or a thumbs up over on Stitcher. It really does help. And if you're saying, hey, wait, I'd like to hear a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, well, go take a listen to our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, also available on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm David C. Robertson. And you can check out my original sketch comedy and web series by searching David C. Robertson on YouTube or on maladjusted.tv. Next week, we're digging deep into the dark underbelly of Starling City in our Arrow Seasons 1 and 2 recap. Hope to see you there. What do you want a da-da-da? What do you want a da-da-da? I'm not a da with a da-da-da. We could switch to Progressa, da. Oh, yeah? We could switch to Progressa and Sa. Mm-hmm. We could Sa enough to buy some Za. Oh, yeah. Let's switch to Progressa, da, da, and get some Za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're going to da, da, da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da, da, da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson, bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Arizo Chandelier from Progress Lighting. 